0: G'day, folks. I'm Jane Ferrari. I'm in the Barossa Valley, South Australia. I am a massive fan of the Brentford Bees, West London Superstars. I'm on the Drunk of United Football Show with the two Sams because, let's face it, something's got to make them look good. Cheers from here, and uh, you're listening to the Drunk of United Football Show.
1: i tell you, there's not much for me to go ahead and hit the post, Sam. I'd let you talk, but Jane kind of took up all of our time. Let's go ahead and start the show.
2: Bees there.
0: Louis, Maryland. Pret to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam.
2: Ray
0: A. The fucking Gooner Graham. Smells of a lord. Looks straight and short. Sam Graham. Sam Graham. Fucking tonight. United!
1: Hello and welcome to the drunken United football show, a completely biased recap. The English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I'm your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me... The snow-traveled man, Mr. Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing, brother?
2: Pretty good. Once I got off of the I-95 corridor, everything kind of loosened up. It was fine. But this uh, morning was a little dicey.
1: Yeah, I could imagine it was. To say the least. Hey, remember, 60 <laughs> degrees, and we were wearing T-shirts the day prior. T-shirts the day prior. Not kidding. Six, eight, ten, whatever the hell they want to say it was. Whatever magical number they want to make up in their brain. There was a lot of fucking snow on the ground in our neck of the woods. That's oh, what yeah. I'm sure. My
2: mother, my mother said she got about ten in Bowie. Mel said y'all got about eight over there. We got about four up here.
1: Yeah, I tell you what, it was uh, very baffling to wake up in the morning and go, what the fuck just happened
2: out there? Right? That <laughs> and apparently y'all had a giant come through the neighborhood because... Uh, there's a an uh, old giant's toothpick laying in the middle of the road. Yeah. The...
1: Tree, tree down in the middle, tree down in the middle of the road. So we couldn't even leave, left if the uh, snow was off the ground anyways. It would not have meant one single bit. Um, we're recording at DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch.
2: Absolutely. It's at DFootballshow on all the social medias and Show at gmail.com to get in touch via email. Uh, you can always try to check out some of our sweet swag uh, at the DU Drip Shack, which on those social medias, that link can be found in the bio. And then if you want to support the show further, it's patreon.com backslash DFootballshow for one beautifully brilliant <laughs> tier of just $5 a month. You get both of our extra shows sound check, which is our actual sound check, catching up from the weekend, checking our levels and all that stuff. Uh, And then um, Injury Time, which is our preview show, uh, where we go over what we think is going to happen at the weekend.
1: And, oh, boy, was it a sound check
2: today. And we were fucking wrong about a lot of shit. (laughs) Yeah, we were.
1: (laughs) Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Boys and girls, it's a new year. Whiskey Advocate completed its top 20 of 2021. Mr. Graham and I have our hands on every fucking bottle on that list. So All 20 of them. Mr. Graham, why don't you go ahead and kick off the list for us with tonight's entry?
2: I will, absolutely. Uh, so this is the Andalusia Striker. Uh, this is number 20 on this year's list. Uh, it is 100 proof. We'll run you about 55 bucks or so on the shelf. Uh, right around there, it was rated ninety-three. It's an American single malt. Uh, Smoky whiskey has traditionally been the domain of Islay Scotch, but Andalusia makes its own version in Texas Hill Country. Rather than using peat, the malted barley is treated like brisket, bathed in oak, apple wood, and mesquite smoke. It has a caramel uh, nose, and a sip reveals notes of Irish breakfast tea, pine. Uh, and vanilla. Caramel along with a solid hardwood smoke and mineral notes. The finish is long and mentholated, reminiscent of an herbal aperitif. A big, delicious Texas whiskey. What are your thoughts on this, Sam?
1: You definitely get the barbecue smoky stuff without it being obviously barbecue. Um, I even get a little bit of Band-Aid. It actually has a little bit of that Isla kind of taste to it for me. Um... personally good not great um I can see why it's on the list it's got a um, it's an interesting it's an interesting profile um it's not blowing my skirt up though you well, know it's good but I'm not like holy crap I I need to go buy a bottle of this right now other than the fact that it yeah, was on the I list and we ran out and bought it
2: I don't mind it it's it's good i don't know that i'd seek it out necessarily um i actually get a little bit of dark fruit behind some of that barbecue smoke as well uh which is a little strange not Mm. astringent or bad but it's a little strange maybe some chocolate as well Mm. um but yeah you're right the the mesquite to me really stands out it really smells and tastes like a like a barbecue rather than a campfire Mm. um well, I'm, but it's, I'm. It's not it bad say, by any means. I just, I don't know that it's necessarily my cup of tea, but it's, it's, it's good balanced whiskey. I mean, it does what it says on the can, right? You know, which is all you can ask them to do. Um, well, but it's, yeah, I, it's all right.
1: It's single malt. It's barley. You can definitely tell that. It's certainly not a young whiskey, so it doesn't have that uh, over um, exposure to wood, but it's. It's interesting. I can I can say that. It's it's worth the try simply because it's I I know there's an Arizona company Dellback who did something similar and that was much more pronounced and probably a little more abrasive than this. I think this is a little more refined than that is. It's an, it's a very interesting bottle of whiskey. Like I said, my my it doesn't blow up my skirt but but it's but it's decent enough. I could totally get why it's on the list though because it's certainly something that's a little bit more groundbreaking and different like when you say okay what where where is the line of innovation in the world of whiskey and really particularly for american whiskey it's going to be american single malt cuz you know if it's bourbon it's got to follow certain rules if it's rye got to follow certain rules if it's wheat got to follow certain rules so the american single malt category gives you a little bit more room to play with
2: Right, absolutely. I'm just like the American whiskey category we've talked about many times on mm-hmm. this show, where it's not necessarily a legal standard other than it has to be a single malting of barley.
1: Right, right. And uh, New American, it does have to – that's something across the board on bourbon, rye, wheat, and American single malt. It all has to see New American white. That's that's one of the things, whereas regular American whiskey does not have to see New American white. It can be a used barrel if if wanted but again right, yeah. the, the a lot of there's a lot of single malts out there like as far as the american single malt category that goes that when they use new american white oak you can taste it it has that kind of popsicle stick thing going on and this mm-hmm. does not have that at all really does not
2: and the the when that happens too the the notes of caramel and vanilla are are so pronounced up front that you can't really mistake them um mm-hmm. it, it interacts with the whiskey unlike any other wood in the world uh, in that respect.
1: Yep. Alrighty. Well then uh, Mr. Graham, what else do we need to do?
2: Gotta remember to drink responsibly everyone, please. Excellent.
1: And uh, over the internet, cheers.
2: There we go. Cheers, man.
1: Lovely. You know, I, I try to stay away from always opening the show with the big clubs because, you know, it just that gets kind of mundane after a while. But for fuck's sakes, it was one versus four and uh, two versus three. So you got to kind of talk about it. Man City two, Arsenal one, Chelsea two, Liverpool two. Sam, before we even touch on refereeing, that's before we even go there, because I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts on how this match went down. You guys got into the ring with one of the best clubs in the world and you threw punch for punch with them and you took them the distance like mm-hmm. it took a decision that's like this was you went 12 rounds and one of the judges voted for you and two out of the three didn't like that's that's how good of a performance it re- really was from your club
2: oh it was excellent um, we, we were on it from the jump we we pressed them we pushed them as, as hard as as hard as hard they have been pushed this season really <laughs> other than the defeat to Crystal Palace um, where we, we just couldn't get over the line thanks to you know, somebody tripping us at the final hurdle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's there's no way we deserve to lo- lose this game. It was it was fantastic football. It was commitment. It was organization. It was everything that Arsenal have lacked since Arsene Wenger left. And I told you in in on injury time uh, last last week when we were previewing this game, or on Thursday rather, when we were previewing this game, that. A two-one defeat where we didn't look out of it. I think we still have turned a corner, right? We right. still, you know, because the what's been levied against this young Arsenal side is that we haven't been able to play still with the big boys. It's it's you know we beat Norwich, we beat Brentford, or you know whoever we you know the the sort of middling and and bottom tier kind of clubs at the moment. Um, Except you didn't beat, but Brentford. we haven't really we haven't done it against the big boys right and uh you know a narrow loss to united ronaldo obviously getting two goals in that game a couple of months ago and and they were a side that that was hurting and it still is hurting and you know kind of felt more damning than this defeat did if you will um but this one we've got you know a lead that was taken through a brilliant team goal. I mean, we were, you know, I, I said to you last season a couple of times where we looked very, very passive, very boring. Uh, no, you know, we would never skip a player with a pass to try to shift the defense. We did that three times in the, in, in in that one move uh, in this game, and it and it showed that the whole defense shifted both times. And Nathan Ake ended up losing track of Bakuyo Saka, and he ends up getting the goals of, you know, a great pass in from Odegaard um, or from Tierney rather uh, Odegaard found Tierney really well uh, with, with his run uh, and Lacazette made a, a, a great run to take the other center back. I think it was Diaz away from where, where Saka was and kind of open up that space for him to drift into. Um, and then he took his chance. I mean, he's, you know, one of the best players in the league at the moment on, on, on form um, this season uh, and really, even at the end of last season, had a great Euros, Bukuya Saka. He's uh, it's it's been phenomenal. And, and you know, uh, another Youth Academy product performing, and it's it's brilliant to see.
1: All right. So, now that being said, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the officiating. Because how, oh, how in the world was that not a penalty on Ederson when he went into uh, Odegaard? Because even if he had gotten the ball, you know how he would have gotten the ball? By going through Odegaard's foot. It's the only way he would have touched that ball. The ball was on the inside of Odegaard, and you could – it's. I know they they want to do the the you know clear and obvious clear and obvious it's you see the ball go shooting away you see Ederson go through the leg like it's clearly obvious that he didn't
2: get the ball like there's no way he got yep. the ball no but this is a this is a goalkeeper that was allowed to rugby tackle Ryan Fraser yeah. a couple of weeks ago remember um you know. I, I'm not really one to go with, you know, all the conspiracy theory shit and all that kind of stuff. Sam but, Sammy, Sammy, know,
1: if you like, I can mail you I'm the documents. Starting
2: to, I'm starting to, to think d- I need to the read documents the documents
1: right here, baby. It t- says it. It says it all. And I told you, I told you before, Sam. In the documents, it's right here. You guys got into bed thinking that it was going to be for the betterment of your club, and now you're just realizing that those shycoms in Sa- in Man City. With the forced inoculations, the take the jab, the social credit score—they're—they're—they're just—they used you as a stepping stool, a stepping stool. <laughs> and you learned your lesson, Sam. So whenever you want to come over to my side of things, start reading the documents right here. You let me know. You can become a patriot at or, any you know time, what? Sam. You know what? Anytime. Sam,
2: get me a Viking hat and a shawl, and I'm ready to go. Okay, I'm in. You
1: know, Fuck and him. and how how does one get a, a Viking hat and a shawl for Sam Graham? Well, you have to do that by going to the DU Drip Shack and supporting patriotism, everybody. That's exactly what you have to do. It's so simple.
2: <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. The uh, yeah, now Stuart Outwell, um, bit of a continent. Yeah. So apparently, um, he was banned from refereeing, not banned, but he they did not select him for permanently um, refereeing for four years because he was so bad. Uh, and uh, this season, I think, is his first foray back in. He has been on VAR in the Premier League, but he's not been on field in the Premier League um, for a long time. Uh, in his 25 games as a VAR refing Arsenal specifically, he's handed out four total red cards in his time refing as, as a VAR official. Mm-hmm. And in twenty-five games, three he issued three red cards, recommended three red cards to uh, Arsenal players. Out of the four total that he has done as a VAR, uh, he has also influenced uh, other games. Yeah, the reason he got banned, uh, I think it was Wolves or somebody. It, it was p- a absolutely pitiful display of refereeing. I, I read about it earlier. I can't remember the specifics, um, but he doesn't deserve to be a Premier League referee. It, it, absolutely pitiful gabriel um i think the second yellow was a bit harsh he was running in uh his momentum took him into to to jesus the the turn on a dime and you know gabriel's allowed to run also he didn't change his direction if anything jesus turned into him now the arms extended a bit and that kind of stuff okay you make an argument for it fine don't don't give the
1: referee a decision in that situation don't especially well, yeah, when you just know.
2: just gotten a yellow just... card
1: for a stupid the penalty had already been called the goal had already been scored he then decided he needed to argue the fact more at that point now that's just youth showing sam honestly that first yellow card is a stupid fucking yellow like, if you're well, going to get that get that yeah. yellow before the kick is even taken. Ball's in the back of the net. Decision's been made, son. You don't need to keep fucking talking. Shut up.
2: Exactly. So that that one's stupid. Now, the time in which he ran up the field to say something to Stuart Atwell versus the amount of time that the card was given, I'm not sure what he said, but it, it obviously couldn't have been good. Um it seemed he was still about fifteen yards away from him when Stewart Atwell turned and gave him the card. So I'm, um, uh, you know, how loud he was yelling at him, or you know, whatever. Mm. But this is this is a game where the referee decided to make it about himself. Right, City. Unfortunately, not a sen- six total yellow cards to Arsenal players. Obviously, two to the same person. Um, only two yellow cards on Manchester City players, and one of them was Rodri for taking his shirt off. Right, of celebrating the goal. Right, uh, it's at least three times Rodri or Laporte or whoever took Odegaard out stopped him, uh, stopped his momentum on a counter attack or, or a play uh, took Sock out once or twice uh, I, I believe wasn't it uh, Martinelli almost got flipped at it's... one point was it it's Terrible been, fucking time. It's
1: been talked about at multiple times, uh, uh, most famously first by Smokey after uh, Manchester City beat uh, West Ham 5-0 about two seasons ago that we so famously talked about, Mr. Graham. But he had pointed out that middle of the pitch, Manchester City gets away with a lot. And they'll call fouls, but there won't be cards. And it'll be yep. hard fouls in the middle of the pitch that they just get to do. 10 of before a yellow card comes out and it's like it's, where it's other just, teams it's, 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 it's the guy's ridiculous. second pat foul gets a yellow card
2: it's absolutely fucking ridiculous the entire thing it, it it really pissed me off the referees inserted himself into the action and he's ruined the game it was a good game up to that point now that being said after the sending off arsenal responded really fucking well went right down the, um well it wasn't even the sending off yet right after the penalty which also wasn't a fucking penalty.
1: Oh no, 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 Graham, you're you're fucking wrong there. If you have a handful of somebody's jersey, it's a fucking penalty. And, and it is already on the way down. Has a handful of jersey though. It's dove. it's not even. He dove. He had a handful of jersey. Don't let the ref make that decision. Don't have a handful of his jersey. If he's that, fucking diving. Fine. Why are that's you grabbing fine. him?
2: Okay. Yeah. Sure. Don't don't give the ref a decision to make. You but are he was red. already on the way down. Sorry. He was already on the way down.
1: I, I am going to agree the with Jersey you. Jersey
2: pull did not affect that play in any way, shape, or form. I am,
1: I am going to agree with you in the fact that the referee was
2: and call it on every corner. That the referee call it on every fucking play that ever happens. Every free oh. kick.
1: Hold on, hold on. So so now now that it's happened to your team, suddenly you now want it called on every play. When I called about it no, last I've week, said, I've, you I've told me to the shut the thing. fuck up.
2: If you're gonna enforce that rule, then fucking enforce it. Okay. I've been saying the same thing you have.
1: Look, you are I'm telling you right now, yes, the refereeing was deplorable on that play, you are wearing rose colored fucking glasses. That was absolutely Bullshit. he had a no. handful
2: of his jersey, because, no, a handful
1: because, of his jersey. You're you're fucking wrong there, Graham. Didn't you're very the wrong. play
2: whatsoever. That didn't affect the play whatsoever. He yeah, was hand, already on the way down.
1: A handful of jersey never affects a play at all. <laughs>
2: then okay, and No, then, in then, this case, a, it did If then you it fees... watch it again, okay. he was already on the way down. He had already stopped his feet and started to fall over. So
1: other than the fact that Granite Jaka is then an idiot, you are you telling me that he was going, oh, you're falling down. Allow me to grab your jersey and pull you back up?
2: When the initial contact occurred, that Stuart Atwell waved away, told him to get up, he did not go down. He took one more step, stopped his feet, and his toes were still planted. Granite Jaka's arm was out, yes. And as he fell, he grabbed a handful of shirt. That shirt pull did not affect the play at all. Does that, it? He was already going down. He already don't, gave up on the play and dove.
1: Don't give the referee the opportunity to make that call. Bad. That's
2: fine, and I agree with that. Yeah. What I'm saying to you is, is if that's the case. Then the corner where Ruben Diaz was holding Ben White's shirt should have been a penalty too.
1: And cocaine is a hell of a drug. If, if Mr. we're Brown. talking
2: about shirt pulls, if that's what we're going to do, then let's fucking do it, or don't call it. It was blatantly disrespectful to the game, and it was the referee inserting himself into the action. That shirt pull did not give Arsenal an advantage whatsoever. Bernardo Silva was already on his way down. If he I dove, if period. I recall,
1: if I recall correctly. Uh, uh producer Mel if there was uh, the Brentford game with Everton when um, he was act- when Solomon Rondon was actually being undressed as his jersey was being pulled off um, Sam said you got to get over that shit son I believe is exactly what he said to me was you got to get over that no, shit what son what I said
2: is they're not going to call it mm. it deserves to be called mm. it should be a foul that should have been a penalty but they're not going to call it unless you're Manchester City that's my problem mm. don't you have documents you're not, on that they're not going to call it unless it's City Bernardo okay. Silva was I have already going down. Right he was already going down.
1: I have the documents Brandon right here.
2: Jacques did not stop him from getting that ball. He stopped himself. Right. And in that vein, it is not a foul, period.
1: All right. So, the more important thing here you need to do right now, Mr. Graham, is I believe you have a shot of Malort you need to take.
2: Well, I'm not done yet. The boys, I'm very proud of the boys. Passion, determination, organization, drive. It was awesome. Gabrielle Martinelli was fantastic again. Alexandra Lacazette was fantastic again. Um, Martinelli really should have had a goal immediately after the penalty. He clipped the outside of the post. It looked well wide from the television angles. They finally showed from kind of behind him and uh, it actually clipped the outside of the post when he had that open goal the defensive mix up where uh, I think it was Diaz, maybe Rodri, headed over Edison uh, and Ake cleared off the line. Martinelli Mm -hmm. fired it back in and the goal was gaping. I mean, he should have scored, absolutely, but... um, it hit, the, it hit the outside of the post. It was fantastic. Uh, but a, a wonderful a wonderful performance, and I can happily say that we have turned a corner. Now, I had to get my lovely assistant to bring me this because when the theme song was running, I realized I, this is the one thing I forgot to bring down. <laughs> was this. Because I don't think we fucking lost. So, right. If anything, it should have been a 2-2 draw because right. that penalty should have been to Odegaard. So I take this shot <laughs> under protest of Stuart Atwell. Just like his refereeing, it doesn't get any better.
1: So, so what I was going to do there, Mel, was have him take the shot and then let him say the inspirational words of the team's looking a lot better. I was going to set him up for that, but he, just, you know, four years of doing this fucking show and he still doesn't know that I'm going to set him up to fucking be successful, but that's okay.
3: He's he's distraught. Just let it go.
1: Yeah. I like
2: brick. to end it on a, I like You need to, to get end over on that a shit.
1: <laughs> Speaking of being fucking distraught, um, both Chelsea and Liverpool, because, well, Liverpool went, oh, wait, hold on here. Chelsea's going to have some uh, pregame drama. We got to pregame trauma too uh apparently lukaku doesn't like playing for anybody anybody at all he hates fucking everybody and he loves to tell the fucking press about it so he decided to do that and then tuchel doing the only thing tuchel can do is fucking remove him from the squad (laughs) not when you want to because it's the most fucking important game of the season for you at this point you have to fucking bench him then you find out right before the match ah You're not going to have your starting goalie or your starting center back, Liverpool. They both got the vid.
2: <laughs> yeah. So Tuchel, I think, could have left him on the bench for an emergency, maybe brought him on for a late cameo uh, to send a message. I don't think he needed to drop him from the whole squad. I also think a lot of this kind of got blown out of proportion, and the media has a lot to, deal, uh, has a lot to answer for here. Um, why would this shit leak 24 hours before their game? You know what I mean? Like, why why would they do this just before this happened? I mean, I think there's a little bit of uh, uh, bias in that, a little bit of media agenda in that. Um, but also, I think Lukaku was a bit in the heat of the moment, you know. Uh, the Inter fans kind of turned on him when he said he was leaving and wanted to go home, uh, wanted to go back to Chelsea, uh, where he started his, his English career. Uh, I think he was more trying to adhere himself to the Inter fans. Why he cares, I don't know. I think Tuchel, Tuchel, you know, could have buried it from the beginning, you know. And and just, you know, that he enjoyed his time there, he won a league title, the, the fans loved him, what, you know. You know, I I'd miss that too. You know, that kind of stuff. Like he could have just buried it from the start but instead chose to take a petty direction. And um and now, you know, I mean it's he never specifically Lukaku now sp- never specifically called out Tuchel, never right. really called out his tactics or his right. system or whatever. He just kind of said I really enjoyed that system. I was playing really well. And then a lot was read between the lines here. And I think he's being, you know, kind of made a made a bastard out of yeah, in this situation. Uh,
1: Lukaku has also famously <laughs> never been happy anywhere. It's, it's oh, always, a grasses, it's always been a thing. Always been a thing with him. Oh, he,
2: yeah, he's definitely been a grass is greener kind of guy, yeah. for sure. But this shouldn't overshadow what a fucking cracking game this was.
1: Holy fuck. Well, honestly, what a cracking first half it was. Because the second half was meh.
2: (laughs) Well, there was still some decent football. And I think one Benjamin Mendy save that was absolutely fucking phenomenal. (sighs) Or Edward Mendy, I mean, sorry, Benjamin Mendy's in prison. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Edward Mendy. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Fantastic save he had um, from, I think it was a free kick. Mm. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, Money could have been sent off after 20 seconds probably should have been sent off after yeah. 20 seconds
1: yeah it's it, it, again you wonder what is that color of the card if it's later in the match if it's not the first five minutes you know in this Absolutely. instance I mean, the first to, 30 to, seconds but yeah
2: what may have saved him also is, is he was looking at the flight of the ball the entire time but I've been in that position. He knew what the fuck he was doing.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: He knew exactly what he was doing.
1: Laying, laying down authority early because the next – because and you, and you do that kind of shit because the next time there's a ball coming up in the air over there, that defender's going to take another – he's going to take a step off you. He's going to let you win that one in the uh
2: game. Problem was it's Cesar Espalicueta, and he doesn't know how to. Yeah, that's very true. Very, he's had very his true. arm wrapped for seven years. He's mm-hmm. had a wrist injury.
1: Yeah, Jesus. The um, <laughs> but then turns around and gets the goal. And I mean, honestly, he gets that goal, and then Mane gets gets a darling of a goal. I mean, Salah gets a darling of a goal, and you're just kind of like, okay, well, this is over. I was actually uh, oh, yeah. texting. I was texting our boy uh, Barnaby, who's a who's a big Chelsea <laughs> supporter. I was like, yeah, it's a two horse race now. Like your team's out of the title hunt. That's it. Yep. Or, wrong. Wrong. Right. Apparently. We, so apparently. I've- Chelsea saved all their playing for the last five minutes of the first half.
2: <laughs> well, if you, if you look at the one Trent Alexander-Arnold clearance as well that carooned that off of, of whoever it was, Virgil van Dyke maybe, I think it was his own player, uh, as he was standing next to maybe N'Golo Kante. Somebody was trying to close him down. Ball carooned back into the middle to Pulisic, who was on his own, um, on seven minutes, just a minute and a half prior to Mane's goal. And Kelleher was, was brilliant off his line. I mean, I was mm-hmm. it was fantastic goalkeeping. But in that situation, you, got, you should fancy Pulisic to score any time. Oh, yeah. Right? And and he didn't. Obviously, he had it taken off his foot by Kelleher, again, with some fantastic goalkeeping. But then a minute and a half later, Mane scores. You think, oh, fuck, it is not going to be Chelsea's day today, right? right? They just had this brilliant chance. Then almost the same thing. Interesting choice from Chalaba to, you know, head the ball when it was below knee level. Right.
1: Try just clear it with your leg, man. Just there. any
2: clear it with anything, not your head. I'm not sure. Like the ass end just fell out of the ball and it dipped because he started bending for it early and then it kind of, it just fell yeah. out. And he, that is terrible. But Mane did really well. Took it after seeing what happened to Pulisic, obviously. Took it very wide of Mendy uh, and was able to fire home past Aspilaqueta. Probably because Aspilicueta saw three balls after being elbowed in the fucking face uh, after 20 seconds. Um, You know, Lukaku would have been proud of Mane's elbows in that situation, I'm sure. Uh, and I'm sure those elbows look really good over there and he's really wish he was on the same team as those elbows uh, as well. But then Salah, I mean, what can you say? That, the, the little stop-start, the little dummy he does, mm-hmm. where, because you know he wants to cut onto his left foot. As soon as he does that, Marcos Alonso is done. Yep, he's absolutely burnt at that point because he has that little hesitation, and Salah turns it on. Bang! The afterburners, and there is no catching him. Still gets it onto his left foot and puts it near post above Mendy. It was, Mm -hmm. it was fantastic. You can't call it a dink because there was so much pace to it, but it's reminiscent. Honestly, it was reminiscent of Lionel Messi. It was absolutely fucking fantastic.
1: And uh, that goal was pretty brilliant. And it might have been the best goal of the match. If it wasn't for one Mr. (laughs) Kovačić, Holy (laughs) fuck. I don't think. He was stepping back and watching the ball. Like if you watch how he made that volley, it's not just the fact that he does the volley and puts it in the back of the net up in the upper nineties, rips a hole through it. It's, as the ball's coming in the air, you're watching him take small steps backwards, still set his feet, still follow through it.
2: I mean, that was just holy crap, what a strike. And the way he hit it, he, his standing leg almost came off the ground as well. It's mm-hmm. almost like you remember a very famous goal from, from a long time ago. It was different skill but kind of similar. Ah uh, Paolo decanio for West Ham. It, it gets played on every goal reel mm-hmm. where he jumps in the air and volleys with no feet on the ground. Um, as the ball's coming diagonal to him, he opens it he's on the left side, opens his body up, jumps and volleys with his right <laughs> foot into the far side. Beautiful goal, absolutely fantastic. Kovacic kind of did the same thing except he was standing still. yeah, um, where he, it just kind of the way in which he he got over the ball it was it was excellent. He got lift on it, and then the ass end just fell out again. I, you know what? Rumor has it, Chalaba is still crawling around trying to find that ball. You know, <laughs> trying to head it out. It, it hit the inside of the post. It had everything you wanted. Then we also got what I love. You remember John Madden always saying, uh, <laughs> and, and, and especially in uh, the movie The Replacement, uh, when a linesman scored. He goes, Uh, oh, love it when the lineman scored." Then you get a fat guy celebration. Mm-hmm. Well, here, R.I.P. John Madden. By the way, mm-hmm. here you get the several is Chris Berman and the replacements. Sco- person that doesn't score many goals, celebration mm-hmm. like it goes away doing one of these. Like I do that all the time. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you no, don't. No, 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 no. You're fucking fronting right now, and it's it's. We can see it's funny, but r- chill, relax. Yeah. Now, even went- Pulisic afterwards was asked about it. He said, "Your goal was very good." That the announcement. the. the uh, interviewer said your goal was very good it, you know it was, it was excellent it was great skill blah blah, blah 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 which it was just a few minutes later um Conte you know kind of playing a hopeful ball had to because he was being closed down uh, and the ball bouncing Pulisic takes it in stride still bouncing uh but a little bit lower and with his left foot just bangs it uh over over Kelleher. It was a fa- fantastic goal as well I mean all all four goals in this match were were, were pretty damn good but uh He asked him, he said, your goal was really good. It's a problem. Nobody's going to remember it. The interviewer said that to him, and he goes, it was in the same game as Salah's and really Kovacic's. Yeah. And he goes – he was like, yeah. Uh, I mean, he'll probably never score – he never has and never will score a better goal in his life.
1: Oh, Mel – to kind of
2: give him the the underhanded, you know, kind of dig there as well.
1: Hey, producer Mel, now what he – now what Matt would say is –
2: now, here's a guy that is confusing
1: his big men commentators from different movies. So, I did the video games, and I was also on, uh, you know, on Sunday Night Football. And then you got over here, and you'd be drawing a circle around Chris Berman and go, he's he's a guy that was on ESPN, and he did he did the movie, uh, you know, and and not me. But that's okay. So, so here's a guy over here on the Zoom of microbes on the other side, doesn't know what he's doing. He certainly doesn't deserve it. Turkey leg—that's for damn sure. But you know who does deserve a turkey leg? Kovačić. Kovačić—he was the man of the match. He was all over the place. I mean, he was running here, running there. He was running through there. He scored the goal. He did all these crazy things. That's what he would probably do, Sam. Something, something like that.
2: I'm googling it right now. <laughs>
1: It's Chris Berman, and he's in the booth with the, uh, the Native American uh, inmate that's uh, doing the color with him. Uh, Chris trust Berman, me. Is oh, he one of your that, favorite sir, people? You just
2: fucked the movies up. Yeah. That's not the replacements, my friend. No. That's the longest yard with the Longest Eddie's
1: yard, family. yes. Ooh. All right, so I fucked up the movies, okay, but you know so I didn't John fuck up Madden, Madden.
2: was in the replacements. And I, no, Mel, get the calendar out and mark it down. I got a reference. I made a reference, and Houston didn't fucking no, get it.
3: Here's the terrible part. He said the replacements, and I also pictured the longest yard.
2: <laughs> I'm fucking winner, winner, chicken dinner right now. Mark it down twice with That's two right. asterisks. You this know, I'll brilliant.
3: just, I'll just edit this out of the show.
2: Now, here's a
1: guy that really thinks he knows what he's talking about, even though 90% of the time he doesn't and just likes to run his mouth a lot. He's got really kind of coiffed hair, and it's over here, and it's over there, and it's kind of all over the place. And, you know, he definitely doesn't deserve the big turkey leg. That's for sure. You got to save those for the big guys. You know, the big linemen.
2: That's that's who's got to get that turkey leg. You hear what I'm saying? Hey, well, listen, what we can agree on is that as he was backing up, you know, he backed up to get good leverage on the ball, Sam, and then boom! It's in the back of the net. What are you going to do?
1: Eh, It's okay. It's okay. you got to get a little bit more crazy. you got to work on your Madden there, kid. I expect better from you. Okay. (laughs) Uh, You know what? This match doesn't hurt either, but it certainly didn't seem to help either as well, especially considering that City won.
2: Listen, with with City winning and now having a 10-point lead, uh, I think it is, maybe 11 actually, um, I think the league's done. I think it's over. I, I think this hurt both of them.
1: I'm I'm Because gonna... City
2: city picked up points on both. Now, they both play City again, but it is a 10-point lead on Chelsea and an 11-point lead on Liverpool. Liverpool do have a game in hand, but they needed these three points to, to win that game in hand and then you're only five points back. That's a possibility. Win that game in hand, you're still eight points back. Nah, I don't think City's losing three more times.
1: couple of matches out there that actually ended up having a lot of scoring even though it seemed like one team was really in control but then somehow decided to fuck it off and almost lose West Ham 3, <laughs> Palace 2, Brighton 3 Everton 2 Um it, West Ham do it again like two quick minutes two quick goals like boom hoop. What, what's going on here? Huh? Oh you want to fuck off for a few minutes? You, you're in control no you're not we're up 2 nothing. yeah
2: it was Another lively start to a game with uh, involving Palace, though. I mean, they hit the post in the first 45 seconds. It was a great move. Got terribly unlucky. Um, it was end-to-end stuff there in the opening. That both teams had chances. And it didn't really calm down until Antonio dove, uh, dove in on a great Benrama cross that was right there in the, the old corridor of uncertainty, as we like to say, where kinda, the keeper doesn't know whether to stay or, or, or go. Um, And he just flung himself at it. He got a good stud to it and got enough on it that Guaita couldn't react in time. At that pace, from that close, he did what he could. He got a hand to it, but it just didn't get enough of a hand to, to make it relevant. Um, Still ended up in the back of the net. Three minutes later, Declan Rice fam, uh, found Manuel Azzini with a good but not really dangerous square ball. He was outside of the box. There was two defenders on him. It You know, was kind of a nothing pass, you know, maybe – circles around, recycles the ball out to the outside uh, on the other side, switches play, but he didn't. He fucking turned the magic on. He rounded one player, had a little bit of a juggle. Uh, and then he volleyed from 13 to 14 yards. That was absolutely beautiful. Uh, it, was, it was fantastic.
1: Uh, and then of course they eventually go up three nil. And the, the funny part is, is you're watching that match and West Ham's up three nil and, palace probably the better side palace probably with the better opportunities yeah. it was just like just palace just Absolutely. couldn't put the ball in the net
2: well and and that's really the the next sentence i had and you know it's really fun you know it's really funny about it is uh it was also the the Pushed person that gave the penalty away i can hear him cracking yeah. a little mr penalty himself uh luka milivojevic um you know 100 percent from the from the spot as far as i can remember maybe he's missed one or two uh but but it was him that gave away the penalty. He claims it hit him, kind of here, uh, not his bicep, but you know the replay kind of showed otherwise. Uh, to be fair, yeah. And Palace, like as you say, like I said, the next the next sentence I have written down here, just just on my notes, was they did not deserve to be three 0 down. Um, but that's how the fucking cookie crumbles sometimes, you know. Yeah. It's you know Leicester when they won the title, you beat them to shit. They'd, they'd sit back and sit back and sit back, and then bang—you're 2 0 down on on you know a total of nine touches down the field. Right? You're like, what the fuck just happened? You know what I mean? And that's that's what West Ham did to them. Um, but they didn't let their heads drop. That's another thing about Palace under Vieira. Yeah. They didn't let their heads drop. They came out after halftime, and it was a, a more of the same. Is a, a bit open to begin with, but then Palace started controlling the play again.
1: Sorry, there you got me right on the sip.
2: No, we both we both sipped at the same time.
1: <laughs> couple couple of great couple of great goals there, right at the right at the death in hell. Almost a third one too. I mean that what? that overhead kick from Mateo, not that far off. That was pretty no. fucking close. I I almost I mean I, I, no offense to to West Ham in this. I know West Ham kind of needs those three points a whole lot more than than Palace does if we look at the greater whole of the league, but. Man, I kind of really wanted to see that finish in a three-three draw, and just have Palace kind of come out of nowhere and score three, and it's not, it was of no fault of West Ham's, but more deserving to Palace.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's a shame. It's a shame they started scoring so late. I I, I really believe if if that eighty-third minute opener from Edward had actually been scored in the seventieth minute, in the sixty-fifth minute and they had a little bit more time, I think this would have been in a 3-3 three, three draw. Yeah. And West Ham were pretty solid for the most part in repelling Palace's advances. Um, but they did have to ride their luck. I think they hit the crossbar. Um, Fabianski j- just got fingertips to one. You know, I, they had to ride their luck a bit, but ultimately they got the job done. And under, you know, David Moyes, th- this has been, you know, what we've come to expect from West Ham
1: yeah but and and also for west ham this is these are the games you gotta win you go you go to a hard environment you get a win this is you know spurs are breathing down your neck for fifth right for that for that yep. guaranteed spot in europe and we you know you have to assume at some point manchester united's going to be in the discussion even though certainly didn't happen this fucking week um So for West Ham, when you get the chance to get three points, you got to fucking get it. Doesn't matter how it happened, you got it. That's done, move on to the next week. Take the fucking points.
2: Can we also mention Elise's impersonation of Rafinha uh, (laughs) with that free kick? Yeah. I mean, that was absolutely brilliant. Another – I mean, in in this game, the corridor of uncertainty was very busy in this Mm -hmm. game. Yeah. uh, You know (laughs) – It was another perfect ball, right to the edge of the six. You know, Mm -hmm. where the goalkeeper shit. They're coming in. What do I do? You know, do I come? Do I go? And ultimately, Fabianski was rooted to the spot again, and it found the far post. It it was it was brilliant. This was a lot of fun to watch.
1: It was a very fun match.
2: It wasn't as pretty as Liverpool Chelsea, but it was fun. It was, it was like street football almost.
1: Yeah. Well, and we had said, we had said uh, when we had previewed this game, we were like, both of us were like, I'm glad this is the NBC primetime game because if people are just checking this out on a whim and don't know all the, you know, only know the big clubs and are a casual football fan, they're really going to be in for a treat and they're really going to like this game. And I felt like the game delivered on that.
2: Oh, absolutely. 100%. It was it was end to end stuff. It was it was a ton of fun this game. I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it wasn't as pretty as Liverpool Chelsea. There weren't these sweeping moves and flicks and, and tricks and stuff, but it was good, solid, hard nosed fucking street football. Every you know, challenges were committed, um, but they were also fair for the most part. It was it was a fun watch this game. I, I really enjoyed it.
1: Now, a game that was not a fun watch because it requires the uh, participation, uh, participation, sorry, of two actual football clubs to play would be uh, Brighton and Everton. And well, Brighton showed up to play, eh, Everton <laughs> not so much.
2: <laughs> yeah, the uh, well for a bit at least. Um, another early goal this weekend would seem to be a bit <laughs> of a running theme. A lot of uh, early the goals. The Argentinian man with the Scottish last name slotted home well after Mopey's fine header.
1: Yeah, oh, uh, it was a gorgeous goal. It was him. a gorgeous setup.
2: Oh, it's fantastic! I mean, it, you couldn't ask for a better headed pass than that. Um, Dan Byrne got on the score sheet. His big ass. Um, I, here's a here's a, here's a
1: question. Yeah, I mean, Dan Byrne's what like seven foot eight and <laughs> like pale white. Like should stick out like a sore thumb. How the fuck is he wide open on the back post with absolutely nobody around him? I mean, legitimately standing by himself.
2: No idea, but he was uh, probably because everybody just said, I not want to mark that dude. Yeah. <laughs> everybody yeah. just kind of passed the buck on that one. Um, but what are you going to do? It was a great flick on from Wepu though. That's exactly what you want your player on the front post to do. Yep. Just yep. get it.
1: Absolutely.
2: Just, just a little touch to it. Just skim right off the top of his head. Take it away from the defenders. And it happened to find Dan Byrne, who didn't really even need to jump.
1: Yeah. And Wepu Weppu's starting to. to put forehead yep. on it. Oh, well, again you know, eight foot, 10 and a half, um, you know, not that hard. Yeah. Just stick the old, stick the old noggin out there. Um, Wepu is really starting to settle in with uh, Basuma. And this was somebody we had Big talked time. about at the uh, start of the season. If those two can figure out how to work together as a central midfield, that can really, really help mm-hmm. Brighton quite a bit. I, I think a lot of people are going to look at the penalty miss from Calvert Lewin and go, uh, He's rusty. When actuality, here's the deception of this match is we see everybody's going to see that um, Anthony Gordon scored two goals and think he had an amazing match. And everybody's going to see that Calvert-Lewin missed a penalty and had a poor match. Actually, Calvert-Lewin had a very good match. He seemed to be right back into form. Other than missing a penalty, he... Was right back in the form, back to goal, bringing down the ball. Big changes to what Everton kind of need in their game. Um, Gordon scored two goals. I'm not sure if you realized, he took all the set pieces. They all fucking sucked. Like, we didn't have a single good corner. We had to start doing short corners to Gray to have a mediocre corner that eventually Gray just started taking because Anthony Gordon was that shit. (laughs) Like, it was like, great. Anthony Gordon ran all over the pitch and his effort and his, you know, gumption got him two goals. But if you really dissected the match, he only gets a... Above average score because he scored twice. Because outside of that, well, he didn't do shit. I had this.
2: I had this worry as well about Tom Davies. Same sort of situation, right? They're both boyhood fans at a club. They both came up through the academy. They're both there, and you all have this philosophy, and and rightly so. I'm not trying to take it away from you. I'm not trying to say right. there's anything wrong with it. Of The people's club, it's us against them, it's us against everyone, blah, 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 blah. And that's great. But it does kind of fester in a try-too-hard mentality. Oh, absolutely. You can – we say this. sporting people know what we're talking about, right? When uh, he's trying too hard. Where you, like, sometimes it's better to back off that player for a second. Yeah. Fill this space. He thinks are going to be on him. He might flick on right to your chest. Now you have possession, right? If, but if you're right on his ass, you leave that space open. He gets that flick on. Now somebody's clean through. You're trying too hard, and you end up getting in your own way. Yeah, to an yeah. extent. You know what I'm saying? And that kind of what it felt like with Gordon for large portions of that match. I am happy for him, though.
1: Oh yeah, that course, he got that. That he got that
2: second goal. Because for your your first fucking goal in professional football, right in, in the Premier League at least, I don't right. know if he scored in a Carabao Cup or not. He's he scored in other first,
1: competitions, but it's his first Premier League
2: goal. Your first Premier League goal for your the the club you've been at since you were what nine or whatever it was, um, was deflected. It's kind of like, nah. Eh.
1: Uh, and not just not just deflected. You know who deflected it. Hmm. A, a former liver putty and it was a uh, lalana
2: <laughs> oh was it yeah yeah <laughs> well good but for him to then score a legitimate goal, you know what i mean is is brilliant it, it's just no. it's the stuff of dreams right and you can see it in his face i mean he was he was over the fucking moon and that's that's what this sport's really all about right mm-hmm. it, it's you know it's just it's beautiful it, it's fucking amazing you know for him to be able to to, to do that um it was unfortunate you know the the opening really did you in McAllister scored his second goal uh it was a great strike oh, from Wepu, great strike yeah. uh but a, a a daft little flick with the inside of his boot I'm sorry Wepu didn't hit the ball it was McAllister who scored it yeah to to set him up yeah and and pff, another worldie. yeah Just a no, no, no way Pickford, no way
1: Pickford's getting to that ball it's impossible mm-hmm.
2: No, he could have long arms and it wouldn't get to that. Point. Yeah, thank
1: you, thank you. Um, I, let's. We need to. We need to get things rolling because we've already talked way too much about, it, especially this match because it wasn't particularly very good. Very good oh, from well, Brighton. I, I
2: think very, you have something to do there, don't you?
1: Very, very good for Brighton. That d- that definitely has to be noted. Is that Brighton might be finally figuring this shit out? Now let's see if they don't have another two-month slide because they love to have those slides, but they're definitely figuring it out. Uh, for me, you know, it's all going to shit, but hey, we bought a left back when we already have a really good left back, and uh, we're apparently bringing in a right back that we offered $5 million for. They said no, so now we offer $10 million for him. Oh, and by the way, he doesn't even start for their fucking team. So yay, Rafa it's all fucking fixed. Let's have a shot.
2: By the way, I just want to throw this in while you're trying to muscle that down. Uh, yeah. I think Luka Digne is going to be sold in January, possibly to Newcastle.
1: Oh, it's already been said he's getting sold. And and we've already bought – we introduced him at, on a Sunday. We've already introduced our new left back. He's already been signed. Fucking – it's for like $24 because that's exactly what we needed to do with a – Who is it? Ukrainian player, I uh, starts with an M. Forgive me, I'm not even going to try to do all of the m skis bitches, and all that kind of stuff. Um,
2: Alright, okay.
1: Uh, he Don't got
2: alienate our... our Eastern European lot.
1: Okay, well you do that perfectly <laughs> fine on our fucking transfer recap, my good man.
2: Yeah, but I'm drunk.
1: Alright, kid, we're uh, running real long. We gotta keep this going. Running out the rest of the league, and oh, so that happened. Tottenham won, Watford nil, Brentford 2, Villa 1, Leeds 3, Burnley 1, Wolverhampton 1, Manchester United 0. Spurs got lucky even though they fucking dominated the entire match.
2: Yeah, it was it was it was rank this game. Yeah. I hated this game, it was terrible. Um this was not a showcase for anything. It was fucking pitiful this game. Um there was it was great organization from Watford. You could see what their plan was. It was eleven players behind the ball. We're going to pick them off on a counter attack because we have you know kind of fast players. Emmanuel Dennis had to come off at halftime, which didn't help uh, their best goal scorer, um, one of the league's best goal scorers, to be honest. Yeah, um, number two. But also, it, all of Watford seemed to have a problem holding focus, and they seemed to have rectified it until a fan had a medical emergency. And stopped the game for seven minutes. Yeah. Right near the death.
1: Yeah. And and, And and since then, it's all kind of gone wrong.
2: It was in that eight minutes of stoppage time. Yeah. That Tottenham finally scored. Yep. And I don't don't know what the goalkeeper was looking at. He was nowhere near that fucking ball when he came out to claim it. There was also about seven defenders Mm -hmm. in the area. Not a single one of them got to the ball. And Davison Sanchez was allowed to head home. Like I said, in the middle of about 14 for players. I mean, there was that much fucking yellow. I thought there was like 14 players there. It was ridiculous. And a goalkeeper was nowhere to be fucking found. He was two yards to the right of where the ball was. <laughs> what are you doing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now, the um, I, I, I do want to say, and then we'll move on to the next match, uh, Harry Kane at least getting opportunities. It looks like it's starting to – Click or at least he's starting to care again. I don't know which one it would be, if it's care or if it's starting mm-hmm. to click. I, don't,
2: I think he just doesn't want to die. That Conte might actually kill Conte, him. He was asked in an interview once about what they what they want to do with a certain player after their performance and how bad it was, and he said, "I prefer to kill him." <laughs> Very good. and uh, just like, yeah,
1: and uh, Hugo Lloris getting away with it again barely gets a hand on it. It's not a penalty. I'm like, how How does a, a – if that's a leg in the middle of the field that gets wildly swung, even if it gets his, catches a clip of the ball, that's probably called as a foul for swinging – the way it's just wildly moving. And he does that with his hands. He just swings away at a leg, and because he got a little bit of the ball, it was suddenly somehow okay.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And to, to wrap this up quickly, I just I just want to say one thing this is the second fan medical emergency Tottenham have been involved in this season. We're only halfway through it. No, Tottenham had one at their stadium.
1: Cause Watford Chelsea had their big one there too.
2: So both teams have yeah. had two medical emergencies. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I, I just wanted for anybody new to the sport, anybody looking for a club to support, if you watch either Watford or Tottenham, apparently you have heart attacks. Don't support them. <laughs>
1: very good. Very good. I know you just wanted that to be a Tottenham joke, but I went ahead and uh, made you uh, acknowledge Watford as well. You know, they might've had the early lead, but Villa just looked flat.
2: They, they did. Um, it was a, a textbook. goal from Danny Ings. I mean, yeah it's everything that you're taught at eight years old go across the goalkeeper far post get you know it was brilliant um nice to see Bertrand Traore back that's positive for Villa uh and and he played very well actually I thought yeah yeah um one of one of their standout performers but yeah he got subbed in
1: last he got subbed in last week and it's he's going to be very key for them Mm
2: -hmm. yeah And, and but they they did look a bit flat um did well to findings you know in, in that play he made himself available he moved the ball well his movement was good both of his passes were good he turned in the middle of the field with a nice bit of skill um, to, to get away from his defender uh, and then Rorslev this was the first of I think three uh, two try goals right where uh, hit save came back to him hit it again yeah Goal. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Um, and Wisa was – I, I love his celebrate his little meditation celebration. Yeah. <laughs> I, got, I have a lot of time for that. That's yeah. brilliant. I have you a like, lot of like time that. You like the meditation
1: that. one, huh? Oh, that, was,
3: I yeah. mean, that, was a, that was a great goal. I went up to Sam that and was I was like, I believe goal. that is what Graham would call a cracker.
2: Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he he had a lot to do when he received that ball from Royce Love. It yeah. was great. I've never even heard of Lev. Fucking goal and assist. Look at this guy, <laughs> killing it right now. It
0: was. It was.
2: Um, it was, was, a, hard it was match. a good. It was. It was a good game. But yeah, Villa. Villa definitely looked flat from from what they're, what they're normally. You know, the the normal energy they bring to a game. Oh, they, they, they just didn't have it.
3: Acted hungover, disjointed, sloppy. And then we've got all those yellow cards hanging over our head. McGinn didn't play that. I mean, I'm sorry, Mings Mm -hmm. didn't play in that one. Matty Cash uh, still has four cards. McGinn got his fifth card, so he won't be playing the next time. So I guess I'm just happy that McGinn and Cash didn't get them at the same
1: time. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, what's what's good too, yeah, because after this round of games, they wash. They wash your record.
1: Yeah, so it's like you go so into the now new Maddie year. No matter cash boom.
2: goes back to zero cards.
3: Oh, seriously?
2: Yeah. Oh,
3: fuck, that's great. So,
2: John McGinn, as a jackass, got a yellow in this game. Right. And now we'll miss the next one because his record wasn't washed yet.
3: Mm. Son of a bitch.
1: All right, Mel. Well, it looks like you have something to do. I gave oh, us yeah. the curse of death last I... week by saying it was a no Malort show because none of us played.
3: Yeah. We all played, oh, we yeah. are all doing Malort the universe caught up with us again so uh you know up the villa it was a lazy fucking effort cheers
2: I call it the Stuart Atwell hangover
1: you heard Stuart Atwell <laughs> uh,
3: oh god it's especially terrible this week I uh, heard <laughs>
1: <laughs> Leeds desperately needed those points oh my god big did Leeds need the, those points
2: big time it, it was it's a shame Maxwell Cornet is, is going off uh, to the African Cup of Nations for Burnley. Mm-hmm. They're going to miss him desperately. What a free kick. I just want to get that out of the way. What a fucking free kick that was.
1: I I will say I will say one thing about the free kick. He, great for him to bend it around the, the wall and put it in on that near post. Um, shame on you fucking leads because the one place you should never get beat is the wall should have the fucking post covered and the keeper should be able to get to it so like that is just massively wrong by them
2: they did that ball was outside of the post when it passed the wall and curled in that quickly it was a brilliant strike and there's nothing you could take away from him for that it was absolutely fantastic Uh, it was roberto carlo-esque the the outside (laughs) of his left boot from the right side around the wall outside of the post and dink right oh gorgeous it was fucking gorgeous yeah, they, I, they, I i got a lot of time for that
1: they they so. just get him back they just get him back from injury they just get him back from injury and now he's off to uh, afcon and at the worst possible time because even with games in hand and you know for for me i'm not i'm um, it's i'm still worried about burnley and i'm still worried about watford i feel like the team that's going to jump both of them is newcastle because also Newcastle yeah, is going to buy whatever they need to fix it. They about to go fucking get it right now.
2: Well, that's it. They're they're linked with Aubameyang on loan. They're linked with buying Kieran Trippia. They're linked with a fair few very high-profile players, probably above Eddie Howe's pay grade, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. And um, whether he can put it all together, I don't know. You know, some of these players may just, hey, I'm going to go get a payday and fucking, I don't give a shit. And that's a that's a worry also in the, in this window. If they don't care, you can't make them care. Right. True. True. Right. But so also, especially somebody like Kieran Trippi, who's, who's turning thirty-two this year, you yeah. know, and, and the way in which he plays, he's not going to be able to keep that up.
1: Yeah. Hey, but so, uh, but I think you also couple that with the fact that Eddie Howe now obviously didn't get to play this weekend, but he's starting to get that team to pay attention. So I think maybe the a, a couple of right pieces might i i feel like he i it, there's no reason why that team should survive relegation but i feel like they're going to
2: yeah i feel you I, I i don't disagree with that it's just a matter of whether or not he can get them on side is is the key right because it could very well be a fucking retirement plan for a lot of these players Hey, right, we gotta stop you know, talking Kieran about the team is, at, at 32 could be you know signing a four year fucking right. deal for 500 grand a week. Right. We
1: got to stop talking kind of about thing. the we got to stop talking about the team that didn't actually play for Burnley. What Burnley desperately needed was one of those patented we're gonna Burnley you fucking draws and they didn't get it. And Leeds got exactly what they needed, which was the fucking points.
2: Jack Harrison had the second uh two time goal, um, uh, uh, as well. Wayne Hennessy did really well in a, in a lot of instances which is difficult for him. Um but Stuart Dallas. Fucking Stuart Dallas.
1: Doing what Stuart Dallas does when they need that what goal, he's the one who gets it. He what seems to be that guy. It's the it's the the weirdest thing whenever they desperately need something, he it always seems to be his name that's getting called when they desperately need it.
2: Yeah, it was it was absolutely brilliant. And then Wayne Hennessy with a very weak mitt on Dan James's header into the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a comical fucking yeah, goal that should have been the insane. way that looped up looped up into the. the oh, it was pitiful that that's that's, a, that's on a fucking blooper reel. That
1: well, that's also the other the other big thing that's killing Burnley right now is you don't have fucking Pope
2: like that. Right. that
1: that's <laughs> game could be a lot closer if that's Nick Pope in the net. You know, it, it really could be. Um, hundred percent. I, I, this next game. I want to give the credit and I want to talk about the team that deserves to be talked about which is Wolverhampton. Which is funny because they bring in Bruno Lage to kind of make this a more offensive side and they're beating everybody one nothing man. They can't they we we've talked about their struggles to score at the start of the season but they're just figuring out a way Ain't nobody scoring on them. A little bit of that Nuno still in this side. But it's a team full of players that are clearly playing for the manager. They like what Laj is doing, and you can tell you can see it in the way they're playing on the pitch. They're playing for their boss.
2: Yeah, so not necessarily in the same way that y'all tend to play for the shirt rather than the boss. Right. But I see a lot of traditional Everton values in this Wolves team.
1: I get you that, yeah.
2: And I think a lot of it has to do with we've spoken in excess about George Mendes and and the super agent kind of control over who comes in and out of this club and, and what, what that ownership has done uh, kind of sold their soul to the super agent, if you will. Um, But the community embraced them, right? There was five or six different Portuguese cafes that popped up. There was You know, all these things to make these players feel welcome. And the only thing that I've seen similar to this is at Shakhtar Donetsk with an entire Brazilian community in this weird Ukrainian city, right? You know, they're very famous for for being the stepping stone for Brazilians in Europe to an extent. And um, famously, Fernandinho got his start in Europe at Shakhtar. So it's just very interesting to see how they've, Cut the communities and and, and wolves the, the players themselves seem to be embracing the community back and playing for the shirt and they happen to like Nuno before and now Bruno Lage and they' they're giving it every, 110 115 percent every fucking game they're playing beyond themselves.
1: Yeah, and and then you know someone like Boutinho, who everybody's saying, "Hey, he's over it; he's too old." And then he goes and gets you this, gets you this goal at Old Trafford. Now, granted, it to... was
2: a, a bit of a scuff shot, to be yeah. honest.
1: Yeah, but still, find finds a way to get that goal at Old Trafford against Man United to win one 0 like. Oh, in, yeah,
2: absolutely. In the game and, that but, classically man, so, goes
1: Man U's way every single time.
2: Man U were so poor in this game again. It's so horrid. Fucking, they, they only had two shots on target to Wolves' is six. Wolves rained down 19 fucking shots overall. Mm hmm. United only had nine. Yep. It was, it was just absolutely fucking pitiful. I, I don't know what's going on. I the the Wreck It Ralph meme is probably the hottest fire that was shared over the weekend on the DUFC closed group. As Drunkards United F C on Facebook. Find it. It's where all the banter happens. All the best memes get shared. Our boy Jeep gets it done. It's fucking brilliant.
1: Yeah. Uh well that one was a Taylor, I think the
2: the, the Wreck It Ralph one was uh could be, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Taylor also makes some phenomenal photoshops.
1: Yeah. <laughs> very true, very true. I'd like to leave us on this thought, and this doesn't get a response, Sam. It's we're ended it on this. Everybody blame Moise Everybody blame Van Gaal. Everybody blame Mourinho. Okay, well, it was Mourinho's fault. Everybody blame. <laughs> everybody blamed Ole. Now everybody's already wanting to blame Ralph. At some point of time, I have said this now. For four seasons, the players have to be held accountable. This is a franchise that can buy anyone they want, and is supposed to be one of the greatest clubs in the world. And they have assembled a team that is good enough, that is absolutely good enough to play for the title. If it's, if it, if Every single time you keep going, ah, oh, it's the boss, ah, oh, it's the boss, ah, oh, it's the boss. At some point in time, it has to be the player's fucking fault. Plain and simple. And right now, it's the fucking player's fault.
2: Sure money! All right, ladies and gentlemen. This is the segment where we make bets to help better inform you to make solid choices in your financial uh, future with <laughs> betting on... The English Premier League. <laughs> um, I lost again, mm-hmm. uh, and I'll just get this out now. We're not making bet this, uh, bets this week because it's the FA Cup. We don't yep. bet on the FA Cup. We yep. only bet on the Premier League. So yep. betting is now suspended uh, until we meet up again next Monday. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I lost, and I'm now down two oh seven uh, instead of one oh seven, which is fucking annoying. Uh, Sam, I'll get to you just one second because I got a, a the text from Pat here. Um, he, he first texted me. I said, what are you down to? We're recording late, and there's no bets this week. He said, shit, you're recording, aren't you? And I said, yeah, but we're, we're late. No problems. And he goes, I'll double check, but I think it's 575. I said, okay, cool. He responded, nope, it's actually 690. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> there
1: we go. <laughs> Which that a is
2: brilliant. Yeah, so he's fucking down as well, uh, big time. He lost. He bet the same as you did with Liverpool, Um, and he did it for 200, so he's fucked. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm down three oh seven, not two oh seven. My bad. Uh, and then, what what do you got going on there, big fellow?
1: Uh, you know what? Liverpool lost. I'm loving the bit for the couple losers. I have as uh, long as Liverpool keeps losing points, I'm fine. Big fucking smiley face with that. So we're gonna go ahead and keep with that right there. As Mel <laughs> takes a lovely little photo of us, and then also has to be ready for the sound drop because I am now down fifteen hundred and forty five dollars, Sam
0: big sam's lock of the
1: week mr graham this is very important Nine point zero nine 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 percent of the time it works 100% percent of the time thank god i don't have to fucking bet this week <laughs> it's absolutely terrible all right mel why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us about the fucking chicken
3: do I have to play the music? No, you can oh. just go ahead and tell
1: us about the chicken. Thank
3: God. So Kitty's match uh, was one of the few postponed, and she sits at 10 over ten and 7. And Kitty is laying off the FA Cup this weekend. She'll be back to bet next week. And uh, they got a couple of renovation projects up there at the Coop because we've had a lot of snow, caused a lot of problems. So I think they're just going to work on that. I got a text from her that they've got contractors coming in. Yeah. But uh, her second message said, hey, Big Sam, Yeah, please remember to tell everybody to gamble legally and responsibly. Championship <laughs> corner! I've fallen and I can't get up.
1: Oh, no! So, how many matches right, did we so- actually have this time?
2: I'm not exactly positive just yet. Let's see. Saturday the Burst. We had one go off. Blackpool beat hull 1-0. So that was a fucking barn burner. Uh, on Sunday, actually, all four matches on Sunday went off. So that was good. Bristol City beat Millwall 3-2. QPR 2-1 over Birmingham. Uh, Blackburn and Huddersfield, again, I'm sure it was a barn burner. Nil 0 uh, in that one there. And West Brom and Cardiff 1-1. Glad I didn't bet it because they fucked me with that before. Yeah. Uh, and then on Monday, only two out of the five went on. Uh, and that was Redding and Darby on a 2-2 draw and Preston over Stoke 2-1 away from home as well
1: another point for Darby uh, another point for fucking Darby
2: yep so that leaves us going into the FA Cup third round with Bournemouth tops on 49 points Blackburn in second on, 20, uh, on 46 points I'm sorry both of them have played 25 games Fulham are on 45 points but they have two games in hand over those in front of them. Right. If they win those, they'll be two points clear at the top. West Brom on 25 points as well. I'm oh, sorry, 25 games, 42 points. I apologize. QPR, 24 games, 41 points in fifth place. You have Huddersfield on 26 games, on 40 points, rounding out the playoff places at the moment. Middlesbrough is in seventh on 25 games. 39 points and stoke is an eighth on 24 games with 35 points so, so a lot of Hutter games in hand. could very quickly find themselves not in the playoff places anymore right uh if if these clubs decide to win their games in hand you then go down to the bottom of the table as we like to do a check-in darby are only three points from being off of the bottom of the table wow wow that being said Barnsley do have a game in hand, but Barnsley are shit.
1: Yeah, Barnsley are terrible this year.
2: So they don't have a point deduction, and they're only three points in front of Darby. Uh, one,
1: one thing worth uh, mentioning here, Mr. Graham, and then uh, we'll go ahead and wrap everything up. Uh, West Brom, I'm not sure if you saw the news, making a big signing. One Mr. Daryl DK on a permanent from orlando city the uh, gentleman who did so great with uh barnsley last year is now on a permanent at west brom for the next four uh four seasons at least i mean obviously if he scores 20 goals he's gonna get signed by somebody bigger pretty quickly but um daryl dk playing in playing in uh england again
2: there you go that's that's what's up phil neville working his magic again
1: yep absolutely i right, that's gonna so wrap you it said up.
2: miami or orlando
1: he was with orlando fc was who he, oh was never who mind was with. phil neville yeah. had nothing to do with it yeah neville was in miami <laughs> um yeah it's uh, uh when he... i hear
2: mls florida i immediately phil neville tunnel vision <laughs>
1: yeah i heard well i mean why would why wouldn't chuck because re- remember we met uh phil neville and he was a charming fellow It was like, hi, how you doing? (laughs) Like, daggers, daggers being stared at you. Anywho, Uh, Sam, that's going to wrap it up, buddy. You got any parting words?
2: Not really. Uh, There was no real cuntiness that I saw this weekend. Um, What I do want to say, though, is coming up this weekend is the FA Cup third round. It is the best weekend of English football that you can find. And we're going to tell you why on our Patreon show, which you can find at patreon.com backslash show. Uh It's called Injury Time. This week is a preview of the FA Cup third round. It is my favorite fucking weekend of the English League season. You get David versus Goliath. You get Premier League clubs that hate each other. You get championship clubs that got relegated because of some Premier League clubs last season yep. coming up against each other. I am not a fan of pay-to-play watching soccer, but spend the five bucks for the weekend and get ESPN Plus. It's pretty great they show. It's pretty fucking great. Pretty much every game, you can stream whatever you want. Really, from this round, it is fucking amazing. It is so much fun. Um, it's 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 what football's all about. It's the oldest knockout competition in the world, and it's bloody awesome. And it's fucking back, baby. Here we go.
1: I I have a feeling. I got so uh,
2: excited I knocked my camera over.
1: I I have a feeling all of the uh, lower leagues weren't playing games specifically to make sure that they were healthy to play their fucking FA Cup matches. To play this weekend, yeah. I have a feeling that's why so many games got postponed because they definitely wanted them to do their FA Cup match. But that's that's up next. We're going to go ahead and do um, injury time. We're talking about the beers we've been drinking, and we're going to preview the entire third round of the FA Cup. And uh, Sam already told you how to find it, boys and girls. So check us out there. Please go to the Drip Shack. And hope y'all enjoyed our uh, first little foray in live streaming tonight with uh, with all kinds of effects and stuff. Producer Mel, hell of a job in this thing.
3: Live, thank you very much.
1: All right. Till next week, everybody.
2: She pushed the buttons really good today. Born in the land of Bowie,
0: Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking average. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye, Sam Houston. Sam
3: Houston.
0: Arsenal fans have another Sam. Great day, the fucking gooner Graham. Snub of a lord, but straight and short. Sam Graham, hey. Sam Graham. That's a fucking new bud!